0: might as well go ahead and tell you right up front that I believe in Santa Claus now you can choose to believe or not believe but I'm here to tell you for a fact that there is a Santa Claus and he does bring toys and stuff like that on Christmas Eve night I know I know it sounds like I've had too much of my homemade cough syrup don't it? all I ask is that you wait till I get through telling my story before you make up your mind you see when I was a kid Christmas time had a magic to it that no other season of the year had. There was just something in the air, something that you couldn't put your finger on, but it was there and it affected everybody. It seemed like everybody smiled and laughed more at that time of year, even the people who didn't hardly smile and laugh the rest of the year. You reckon it's going to snow? I sure do wish it snow this year. Do you reckon it's going to? Heck no, it ain't going to snow. As far as I know, it's rarely ever snowed in this part of the South at Christmas time in a hundred years. It seemed like everybody in the world had snow at Christmas except us. I mean, in the comic strips, Garfield and Odie had snow, and the Charlie Brown Gang had snow to play in around Christmas time. Christmas cards had snow. Even the Duke Boys had snow in an episode. But rarely ever did a flake fall on Gladespring, Spring, Virginia, for Christmas. But that didn't dampen our spirits one little bit. Our family celebrated Christmas to the hilt. We were a big, close-knit family, and we'd gather up at Memaw's house every year. My grandparents lived on a small farm in Washington County, about 40 miles from Bristol, and I just couldn't wait to get there. They lived in a great big old farmhouse, and every Christmas they'd fill it up with their children and grandchildren. We'd always stay from the afternoon through late in the night on Christmas Eve. There'd be Uncle Ernest and Aunt Joy, Uncle Jack and Aunt Judy, Uncle Haynes and Aunt Maxie, Uncle Marvin and Aunt Shirley, and my mama and daddy of course, Alan and Linda. I won't even try to go into how many children were there, but take my word for it, there were a bunch of us. There'd be people roaming all over that big old house. All of us kids, we'd play in the living room and we'd giggle and play and get loud till some of the grown-ups would come and make us settle down some. And all the usual ground rules about eating were off for that day at Memaw's house. You could eat as much pie and cake and candy as you could hold, and your mama wouldn't say a word. My Memaw would cook from sun up to sundown and she loved every minute of it. She'd have cakes, pies and candy and fruit and nuts setting out all over. And on top of that, she'd cook a big meal for that night. I mean, we'd eat like pigs. Christmas was also the only time that my papa would take a drink. It was a southern custom of the time not to drink in front of small children, so Papaw kept his drinking whiskey hid in the barn. But when he'd want to go out there and get him a snort, he'd say he had to go see if the mare had had her foal yet. It was just a good, good time. A little old-fashioned by some people's standards, but it suited us just fine. If I'm not mistaken, it was a year I was five years old that my cousin Stevie told me that there wasn't any Santa Claus. Stevie was older, he was about nine at the time, and he was always a mean-natured cuss still is well I just refused to believe him and I said you're telling a great big fib Stevie because Santa Claus comes to see me every Christmas right here at Memaw and papa's house that ain't Santa Claus that's your mama and daddy one thing led to another and I got so upset about the prospect of no Santa Claus that I went running into the house crying Mamma, mamma, Stevie says there ain't no Santa Claus there is a Santa Claus ain't they mamma? of course there is Mickey Stevie was just joking with you. Aunt Maxie heard me talking to Memaw and walked to the door. Stevie, get yourself in this house right this minute. When he came in, Aunt Maxie grabbed him by the ear, led him to the front room and gave him a good swat. Papa was also a big defender of Santa Claus. He would talk about Santa Claus like he was a personal friend of his. And the more he went to check on the mayor, the more he'd talk about Santa Claus, or Santa Claus as he called him. Yes, children, old Santa Claus will be hitching up them reindeer and heading on down this way before long. wonder what he's going to bring this year. He'd have us so excited by the time dinner rolled around that I reckon the visions of sugar plums ever danced in anybody's heads. It was ours. Christmas Eve night, after we had eaten about as much supper as any of us could hold, we'd go in the front room. There would always be a big log fire cracking in the fireplace, and Papa would always say the same thing. Children, do y'all know why we have Christmas every year? Because that's when the baby Jesus was born. That's right. We're celebrating the Lord's birthday. Do y'all know where he was born at? In Bethlehem, we'd all say. That's right. He was born in a stable in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago. Then Papa would put on his glasses and read St. Luke's version of the Christmas story. Then after we'd had a little family time, Papa would always get a twinkle in his eye. I reckon I'd better stop out to the barn and see if that old mare's had her baby yet. There was always a chorus of, Can I go with you, Papaw? He'd say, No, y'all better stay in here by the fire. It's mighty cold outside. I'll be back. When Papaw came back in the house, he'd always say, I was on my way back from the barn a while ago, and I heard something that sounded like sleigh bells tinkling, way off yonder in the woods. I just can't figure out why bells would be ringing in the woods this time of night. It's Santa Claus! It's Santa Claus! Oh well now, I never thought of that. I wonder if old Santa Claus, you children better settle down and you know he won't come to see you as long as you're making a fuss. Then all the children would get distracted by Uncle Jack out on the porch lighting firecrackers and cherry bombs. In the meantime, Santa would dash in and back out again and leave presents under the tree before the kids ever knew it. It sounded like the third world war at Mamaw's house on Christmas Eve after that. Cat pistols going off, baby dolls crying, little train whistles, kids hollering at the top of their lungs and just making a big fuss. It was a wonderful, wonderful time every year. By the time the next school year started, I was six years old and in the first grade. I kept thinking about what Stevie had said. I didn't want to believe it, but it kept slipping into the back door of my mind. At school, Stevie was three grades ahead of me, but I'd still see him sometimes. Every time he'd see me that whole year, he'd make it a point to rub it in about Santa Claus. He'd do something like get me around to a bunch of his older buddies and say, hey you fellers, Mickey still believes in Santa Claus, and they'd all laugh and point and make fun of me. Away from all the adult persuasion, I guess Stevie finally wore me out. I returned to Memo's house the next year not believing that there was a Santa Claus. Christmas lost a little bit of its mystique, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I even pretended that I believed in Santa Claus for papa's benefit. But it wasn't the same. Well, as you know, time marches on, children grow up, leave home. That included me. I was living a few towns over, married with a kid. I hadn't been to Memo's for Christmas since their little daughter had been born. Lexi was two that year, and this would be the first time she really knew about Santa Claus, and she was some kind of excited. We had the best time shopping for her, buying all the little toys that she wanted. Mama called me about three weeks before Christmas and said, Son, you know that your grandparents are getting old. They requested that all the kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids come to their house the way we used to. Can you make it, son? We'll be there, Mama, I said. I couldn't think of a better place in the whole world for little Lexi to spend her first real Christmas Eve, so we packed up and headed for Glade. Mamma was 82 years old, but she still cooked all day and she still enjoyed every minute of it. Papa was 84, but he still had a twinkle in his eye and a mare in the barn. The old house was fuller than ever with a whole new generation of kids in it. Even Stevie. He had married, but he was still as horny as ever. He was still the same except that he had changed from a little boy with a mean nature to a full-grown man with a cynical nature and a know-it-all attitude. Just before we went into the front room for the reading of the Christmas story, I overheard him say to somebody, I don't know why papa keeps filling kids' heads full of that Santa Claus nonsense. It's just ridiculous. If I had kids, I wouldn't let him tell them that junk. I give Stevie a pretty hard look. I never had liked him, and I liked him even less now. Our daughter was so excited when Papaw started talking about Santa Claus that she jumped up and down and clapped her hands. When I took her into my lap, there was pure excitement in those big brown eyes. Santa Claus is coming, Daddy! Santa Claus is coming, Daddy! I got a warm feeling all over, and I sure was glad to be back at Memaw's house at Christmas time. After all the children had went out to see the fireworks, the grown-ups started going out through the cars to get the toys they had brought for Santa Claus to leave under the Christmas tree. I decided to wait a little bit till everybody else had finished before I put Lexi's presents out. Because this was a special time for me and I wanted to enjoy it. After everybody else was done, I went to the car to get Lexi's toys. To my shock, I couldn't find them. I ran back in the house to my wife and said, Jeannie, where did you pack Lexi's Christmas presents? She said, I thought you packed them. I was close to a panic, but I didn't want Jeannie to know it. I said, oh well, you just go back on in, honey, I'll look again. I just overlooked them. I kissed my wife and went back outside. I knew I hadn't overlooked them. We somehow, we forgot to pack them, and they were an hour away. I don't mind telling you I was a miserable man, I just didn't feel like I could face little Lexi. She'd be so disappointed. All the other kids would have the toys that Santa brought them, and my little girl wouldn't have anything. How could I have been so dumb? Here it was, 9 o'clock Christmas Eve night, all the stores closed, and me without a single present for Lexi. I was heartbroken. I don't know how long I stood there staring at the car, but I heard a rustle behind me, and somebody said, You got a match, son. I turned around and almost fell to the ground. Standing not ten feet from me was a short, fat little man in a red suit with a long, white beard and a marlborough sticking out of his mouth. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak. He just looked at me and chuckled. Have you got a match, son? I ran out and I'm wanting to get this thing going. When I finally got my voice back, all I could say was, Who are you? Well, people call me by different names in different parts of the world. But around here, they call me Santa Claus. No, I mean, who who are you really? I just told you, son. Now how about that match? I fumbled around in my pocket to find my lighter and gave it to him. Much obliged, he said as he stood there lighting a cigarette, me looking at him like he was a ghost or something. How did you get here? Oh, I've got my ways. thought you slid down chimneys and stuff. That's a common misconception. I mean, would you slide down a chimney with the fire at the bottom? Well, no, no, sir, I wouldn't. Well, neither would I. But how did you get here? I've got a sturdy sleigh and the finest team of reindeer a man could have. But we don't even have snow. Santa Claus laughed so hard that his considerable belly shook. I don't need snow. Half the places I go in the world don't have snow. Besides, I like to get out of the snow once in a while. We have it year-round at the North Pole, you know. You mean you really live at the North Pole? Of course, I've always lived at the North Pole. Don't you know anything about Santa Claus, son? Well... Yeah, but I thought it was all just a big put-on for the kids. That's the trouble with you grown-ups. You think that everything you can't see is a put-on. It's a shame grown people can't be more like children. They don't have any trouble believing in me. You mean you've really got a sleigh with reindeer named Donner and Blitzen and stuff like that? That's right, son. There's Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen and Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen there's no Rudolph with the red nose. I don't know who came up with that one. Rudolph really is a put on. But what are you doing here? Why did you come? Because there's a little girl in this house who believes in me very much. Now she'd be mighty disappointed to come back inside and not have nothing under the tree. You mean you came all the way here just because one little girl believes in you? That's right son. There's magic in believing. Besides, she's not the only one in this house who believes in me. Who else? Why, well, your Papa, of course. You mean Papa wasn't putting us on all those years? He really believed in you? Of course he believed in me. Well, why do you do this? It's my way of celebrating the most important birthday in the history of man. Our Lord has given us so much. How can we do any less? Santa Claus consulted a piece of paper he pulled out of his pocket and started taking a doll and other toys out of a big bag he had brought with him. Well, I've got to go, son. I've got a lot of stops to make before sunup. It's been really nice talking to you. Thanks for the light. Can I help you with your bag, Santa? That's alright, son. I'm used to carrying it. I walked outside with him. Where's your sleigh, Santa Claus? It's parked right over there in the edge of the woods. You'd come on over and see it if you'd like. I started walking over to a sleigh with him, but then I had a thought. I'm going to have to miss seeing your sleigh in rain, dear Santa, but thank you so very much. You've saved my life. I'll see you next year, Santa. God bless you too, son, and a Merry Christmas to you and yours. Santa Claus started across the yard towards a sleigh, and I went running back in the house like a wild man and raced to the living room. Stevie, Stevie, get over here! What's the matter, is the house on fire? No, hurry, come on out on the back porch. Stevie grumbled as he got up and followed me out on the back porch. What the heck do you want? It's cold out here. Just shut up and listen, Stevie. Well, we listened about a full minute nothing happened. Stevie said, you're crazy, I'm going back inside. I said, Stevie, if you go back in the house, you're going to miss something that I want you above all people to see. We waited a little longer and I'd almost give up when I heard it. It was just a little tinkle at first, hanging on the frosty air and getting louder by the second. It was sleigh bells. Stevie looked at me and said, Mickey, is this some kind of joke or something? No, Stevie, I swear it ain't. Just wait a minute. The sound of sleigh bells was getting louder and Stevie's face was getting whiter. You've got somebody out there doing that, don't you? Admit it, you got somebody out there, don't you? I didn't say a word. All of a sudden, it sounded like somebody had flushed a covey of quail. That sleigh come up out of the woods and headed west, hovering just above the treetops. Stevie was speechless. I thought he was going to pass out. He held on to the banister and took deep breaths. Even if you believe so far, I know you ain't going to believe this next part, but it really happened. Santa Claus made a big circle and turned and flew right around the house. I bet he wasn't over 20 feet from the back porch when he passed by me and Stevie. And old Santa Claus could really handle them reindeer. He headed out west again, moving at a pretty good clip. I hate to even tell you this next part, because you'll think I took it right out of a book, but I didn't. Anyway, just about the time he was getting out of our hearing, he hollered, Merry Christmas, everybody. And then he was gone. Mickey, do you know where Papaw keeps that bottle hidden in the barn? I think I need a drink. <laughs> I don't believe Stevie's ever told anybody about seeing Santa Claus. I know I didn't. Not until, not until now. But I just had to tell somebody about it. It's been hard keeping it to myself all these years. And that little girl that caused all this to happen with her faith in Santa Claus is all grown up now. Me and Jeannie moved to another town years ago and bought a little place for our own. Now my kids and us, we enjoy Christmas Eve at home. There's not near as many of us here as there was at Memaw's house, but we have just as big a time anyway and celebrate Christmas just as hard. In fact, Christmas is probably my favorite time of the year. And it's probably my favorite time of the year to take a drink. I always pick me up a pint of old granddad at Christmas time. Since some folks stop by on Christmas Eve with their smaller kids to visit, I don't like to drink in front of them, so I keep my drinking whiskey out in the wood shop. When I want to go out there and get me a snort, I always tell the kids that I've got to see if the paint's dry on a present I'm making. Of course, all the grown-ups know why I'm going out to the wood shop, or at least they think they do. I always make my last trip to the shop after I've read the Christmas story. Everybody thinks I'm going out to get me a snort, but they're wrong. I'm just going out to hear those sleigh bells ring one more time. Merry Christmas. Hope you and your family enjoy it.